Hello everyone, 7 Investing CEO Simon Erickson here, and thank you for listening to the 7 Investing Podcast. Our podcast is made possible by our subscribers, who allow us to empower you to invest in your future each and every month. In exchange, we give our subscribers exclusive access to our monthly stock market recommendations from each of our lead advisors. To support this podcast and join other 7 Investing fans in our exclusive subscribers forum, where we discuss the latest market moves in real time, go to 7investing.com slash subscribe to subscribe to 7investing today. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. We are 7investing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 7investing podcast, where we empower you to invest in your future. I'm JT Street, and I'm here with 7investing CEO Simon Erickson, and we are going to go through today well, the thing that everyone is talking about today and yesterday and Sunday, Saturday, Friday, uh, ever since we found out that the board of OpenAI uh, fired Sam Altman and all of the chaos that ensued uh, following that. And it's just been a wild, well, I was going to say it's been a wild 72 hours, but I think we've had another 24 on that. So, you know, wild, well, it's just going to be wild until my math uh, works out. Uh, Simon? Before we get into this, just your your thoughts. I mean, I was thinking about where this falls in the pantheon of crazy tech investing shakeups. And, you know, the most recent one I can think is Elon buying Twitter. But I think this is bigger than that. This, this is twice as big as that in terms of numbers, at least. Yeah. You know, OpenAI was an $86 billion company, JT. You know, this is mammoth. This is... This is one of the uh, the biggest stories we're still going to be talking about. It'll still be talked about in 10 years from now of what's happened over these last call 100 hours. I mean, we are living um, one of the biggest shakeups in the tech world. And I think that I want to talk a little bit about what's going on. But like you mentioned, even more importantly, like if we're using this from an investing lens, what's the takeaway that we should we should think about kind of going forward? Yeah, and, and just the the... The rapid rise of open AI and it's and it's how it permeated society, I think can't be overstated here, right? D depending on what what direction this goes, its partnership with Microsoft and Bing, uh, the way countless uh, folks in the digital world are using open AI daily through chat GPT, through Dolly, and there's a lot of implications here on how modern society works that are going to be shaken up by this disruption. Uh, and so to get the answers, I went to ChatGPT and asked it, what's going on with the OpenAI leadership team today? So I figured, why not go to the source, right? And uh, they gave me their response. And I'm just going to go ahead and read it to everyone. So if you aren't familiar with ChatGPT uh, at all, it's a large language model, generative AI platform that creates a chat bot that answers questions for you. And so this is its response to what is going on with its creators today. There have been significant changes in the leadership team at OpenAI. Sam Altman, the former CEO, has been fired by the board of directors. The board concluded that Altman was not consistently candid in his communications with the board, which hindered its ability to exercise its responsibilities. There is a footnote there, not an asterisk, which I think would be more appropriate, but that's me editorializing. As a result, they lost confidence in his ability to continue leading OpenAI. Mira Marati, the company's chief technology officer, has been appointed as the interim CEO. She's been a part of OpenAI's leadership team for five years and has played a critical role in OpenAI's evolution into a global AI leader. 
The board believes she is uniquely qualified for the role and anticipates a seamless. Sorry, I couldn't keep a straight face for that one. The board believes she is uniquely qualified for the role and anticipates a seamless transition while it conducts a formal search for a permanent CEO. All right. The firing of Altman came as a shock to employees at OpenAI and the rest of us, that's me editorializing again, who subsequently sent a letter to the board calling for its members to resign. In addition, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella has hired Altman as CEO of a new AI projects team. He also hired Greg Brockman after his resignation and seems willing to hire OpenAI workers who want to follow them out the door. I will add here that he's not the only one and Twitter is awash with people trying to attract OpenAI's talent today. Uh, sorry, X, back to the other major tech story. These changes have led to concerns about the future of OpenAI. Uh, also, clearly OpenAI does not understand understatement. Once the undisputed market leader in generative AI software, OpenAI is now fighting for its very future following the handling of Altman's departure. So that is OpenAI's take on OpenAI's demise. Simon, what's your take? Oh my goodness. What a Okay, first of all, very very entertaining to hear GPT trying to explain the events that have happened to it in the last few days. But I'm gonna give the inside scoop, JT. I'm gonna tell you what's really going on here. Okay. This is all not right. the GPT version. This is the Simon Erickson version. Uh, keeping in mind that I met Mira Murati, you know, at a conference several years ago. I met several of OpenAI's researchers several years ago. Let's not forget OpenAI was only founded about eight years ago. It was a nonprofit organization that was created for the safe and beneficial development of an artificial general intelligence. That's a super intelligent computer that's embedded with, or a digital brain, you know, let's call it, that's embedded within very strong computers that's being fed a lot of information. And so when you talk to the early, the early researchers at OpenAI, keeping in mind this is a nonprofit, you know, Elon was on board. This was kind of a, a, a just a mission of saying, okay, if we're going to do AI, let's do it responsibly. Right. Let, let's regulate this in the right way. Let's uh, make sure that, you know, we're doing something that's really neat. But when you look at, you know, Ilya Sutskavar, who is the, uh, the co-founder, the kind of the, the technical guy that's been obsessed with AI since he was five years old, you know, he wanted to do this for a good for humanity thing. It really forget about the profits, forget about the business implications of this. Let's make sure that we're going to be doing cutting edge research. And it wasn't even in large language models at first. It was originally going to go into gaming and robotics, if you can believe this. So within, um, from the, from the co-founding days, you know, there was also this other important character named Sam Altman, who also had a grand plan for AI, not only, uh, to do it responsibly, which Sam certainly wanted to do as well, but he also saw that this could be transformative to the enterprise, to the business world. And so he has been the key ingredient in really raising a ton of funding assembling the team that they have in place, you know, getting open AI to this $86 billion empire that it was within the last year. And now it's so interesting to see everything and all the work that's gone into this and how it's progressed over these last eight years. There's been almost, almost this discoherence, this dichotomy of the philosophical, let's build a safe, regulated AGI versus the Business implications, having investors, having a partner like Microsoft on board, and there's kind of, they've been at odds, right? And now you kind of see there's, there's just this all of a sudden nuclear explosion between these two camps. Um, it's going to be hard to see anybody raise their hand and say, I was the person that got Sam fired, but we know it was the board. Ilya was a part of that. And now all of a sudden, Sam Altman brings a lot of very important chess pieces with him on the side of the board and how things are transpiring from here. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so all of that as context, the important key takeaway here that I'd like to frame this as for investors to think about is even when you see these giant companies worth tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, you have to respect what is at the source and the foundation of those competitive advantages that they have. And could that get disrupted either internally or externally? And if so, how quickly could that happen? In OpenAI's case, it happened in the last hundred hours. Now, OpenAI was a private company, right? But I feel like there's something that investors in public companies and stock market investors, particularly long-term investors can take from seeing this is that when you're reviewing a company, you can't just look at the ticker and the, the stock's performance over time. You can't just look at a balance sheet. Leadership matters and rifts in leadership matter. And to me, that's the big takeaway here. If you're, if you're just evaluating uh, open AI as an investor, like let's say you're, you're a VC guy, you're, you want to get in on open AI and you are taking a look under the hood at the board, the makeup, the scope creep from its original vision, the grumbling and the frustration of those, you know, die hard, you know, AGI proponents versus the ones who want to make a buck, you're going to miss that. And you're going to wind up in a situation like here where you sunk money into open AI and, and who knows what their survivability is. Uh, ChatGPT does not want to hazard a guess. It says it doesn't do predictions, but I asked it, what are the five keys for its survival after all of this? And one of them was number four, partnerships. OpenAI has a longstanding relationship with Microsoft, which has invested significantly in the company. Such partnerships will provide crucial support in the future. Well, probably not for long. I mean, I, with, with Altman and the board jumping ship and being Microsoft employees, I don't think I'm going to be able to use Bing and get ChatGPT uh, embedded in it in 2024. I don't think that exists. Well, uh, anyway. That, that's that's a bit of a segue, but what do you think the takeaway is here for long-term investors who are looking at disruption uh, and and trying to figure out how how to better manage their portfolios against that risk? 
Yeah, you know, we, we're long-term investors with, with with Seven Investing, and we we certainly invest across the entire spectrum, right? You know, it, any industry is fair game. But I think that when you think about this, um, there are some industries and businesses that are really just built to be around for decades. You know, they, they've got um, capabilities and staff and, and, and things that they're doing that are very, very hard to disrupt, right? The, the example that I'd like to give for this one is a company like ASML, which has spent decades building the lithography that is now embedded into the most cutting edge semiconductor chips, right? The extreme ultraviolet lithography that machinery that it's, that it's selling. You know, these are things that cost $150 million a piece. Now they're going to be $350 million a piece with its newest product that are out there. But you've got to have really specialized engineering talent. You've really got to have really technical people. And then once this gets embedded and a customer buys something like that, they're committing to it for years. Conversely, let's talk about how quickly things change in software. Uh, JT, I have a fun trivia for you on this. I'm going to spot you up with a company okay. that is a disruptive company. And I'll tell you when the company was formed. And I'd like to ask you how long you think it took them to reach 1 million active users, right? Things scale up quickly. Software happens quickly. You know, internet has, has now enabled things to grow very, very quickly out there. But the first company I'll spot you up with is Netflix, formed in the year 1999, incredibly disruptive, disrupted media. How long did it take Netflix to reach 1 million users? Cool. Well, let's see, Netflix started out as a, a, a mail service, right? Are we talking about from their founding, how long it took a million? Yep. I'm going to say 2001, within two years. Yes, very good. Okay, so so you would say two years. So it's actually three and a half years, right? Okay. Keeping in mind, this is incredibly disruptive. Just to, to rattle off a couple more of these, my point that I'm making is that it, it happens quicker and quicker. Airbnb in 2008, Disrupted, you know, hotels, you know, transportation, you know, hospitality, two and a half years to 1 million users. Facebook in 2004, 10 months to a million users. Spotify in 2008, five months to a million users. Instagram in 2010, two and a half months to 1 million users. Chat GPT in 2022, five days, yeah. five days yeah. to a million users. And then Facebook's threads, which was their offset to, uh, to Twitter, uh, was one hour to 1 million users. The takeaway from this is very clear. Software is accelerating and it's happening very, very, very quickly. And what we think and that we plan for and the strategy that these businesses have that are worth billions of dollars can get disrupted literally overnight now, literally in an hour. You know, and, and a key part of that is the talent and the engineering team because things can scale so quickly based on what the right technical people can build. That's what you've seen at GPT. You've got, it's, it's a small, it's a small team, JT, 770 people, you know, $86 billion valuation for 770 people and 90 plus percent of them have now said, you know, wherever Altman goes, we're going. And Satya Nadella just said, wherever Altman goes, we're going to fund him. Right now, that's internal to Microsoft. Will it stay that way five years from now? Who knows? But Sakya knows Sam is his guy. Yeah, they're going to stick together and partner. It's just fascinating to me. You know, I guess my takeaway from this is, like you said, find find companies that have a diverse portfolio, right? So, like, you can invest in companies like, you know, uh, you know the Facebook's parent company, Meta, 
right? Who owns Thread that that got a million new users? If you think that's something that's going to stick, right? But but also know that you know they have other infrastructure too. But if you're doing something that's purely in the ether, if you're doing a pure software play, you know that that could all just turn into smoke again very quickly. You know, I I think in my personal portfolio about about something like American Tower, right? Where like they have digital infrastructure, cell phone towers, you know, communications towers all over the world. They're they're REIT. They've got all kinds of, you know, actual hard assets that if you know if anything happened, they could rely on, leverage against. You know, they, they are they are a tangible entity that I can feel secure in. You know, that gives me the freedom to try things like going for meta or or I, I don't invest in meta, but if I did, if I wanted to, I could. So I, I guess I guess that would be my my lesson from this is, you know, don't diversify by going into 15 different software companies. <laughs> yeah. And, and and again, this is the risk versus reward continuum, right? Like American Tower is not going to be a 10 bagger next year. It's not. I'll go on record and say it's not happening. Like it is very you heard it here first. You got steel in the ground, but you know, it's it's not going to be 10 times larger than it is today within a year. But when you see a company, they get a million users within five days. That's a company that can be a 10 bagger. You are taking a lot more risk knowing that they could become the next to be disrupted, but software just can scale so quickly. I mean, this is one of those, those very, very high risk, very, very high reward uh, industries that allows for companies like GPT to, to make a lot of money really, really quickly. And I'll, and I'll end on this, which is, you know, kind of uh, a plug for you and, and a plug for our service and uh, just, I, I've been watching what you've been doing the past week and it, do, it doesn't surprise me at all. To, to find out today that you've met uh, Mir Marathi at, you know, at a conference years ago, because that's what you love to do. And that's what you've done for years, which is going to things, these kinds of things. You've just got back from a conference at MIT and spent the last week putting together, I think, 8,500 words of your breakdown from that for our subscribers. So, and, and we're going to talk about that in the very near future. We're going to break that down here on the podcast, which I'm excited to do. But just just a, a plug for the service. If you want to be up to date with the future movers and shakers in disruptive spaces, following some of the investing, reading your stuff is, is a great way to do that. So just a, a quick shout out for me that I am totally unsurprised that this is right in your real house. Uh, if you would like to make that a part of your real house and follow Simon and read his stuff, you can do that by going to summoninvesting.com. There is a join our free email list page and you can get started there. You can also subscribe to summoninvesting.com and get your first week for just $1. So just go to summoninvesting.com and you can join our free email list and you'll learn all about our service from there. Simon, put a bow on this for me. What what a crazy week. What are you looking forward to from here? It, it, that's kind of the perfect segue. You gave me the perfect setup for the spike on this one, which was the uh, the MIT Tech Review MTech this past week, which is now going to be the, the focus of about four or five articles I'm going to be publishing here throughout this next week. Um, you know, I, I just went to their, I, they're, they're fantastic, by the way. MIT conferences are amazing. Um, I was just at Climate Tech a couple of months ago, uh, chatting with their, their editor-in-chief, uh, Matt Honan, who uh, we both agreed that Sam Altman is the guy to watch right now. We said this about two months ago. And then, my goodness, like, look what happens here today, almost predictive of, of, of what's happened here in the last couple of days. But, you know, um, the world, the world is, is changing more rapidly today than ever before. And you have to be on, you have to have your pulse on what's going on. 
Otherwise, you kind of have your feet stuck in quicksand or cement as things change and then you get stuck holding the bag. But our goal has always been be proactive. You know, look at things that are three years out and get ahead of the of the curve. Uh, and you can find publicly traded companies right now, JT, my, my last month's recommendation for Seven Investing is a disruptive company um, in eye care, actually, of all things, doing a disruptive solution that that most other countries have caught on to. The United States has been a little slower to, but, but things like that has always been, been my passion. Um, my background, Seven Investing has been built around innovation, and we're trying to make stock picks that um, that are that are built into that as well. So, so thank you for the plug. Like you said, seveninvesting.com slash email if you want to see any of those articles. We've got some really cool stuff coming up here. And if you do want to subscribe, you can get your first month for just $1 and peruse any of the more than 200 companies that Simon and the team have recommended over the years. Great recommendation reports, excellent reviews, not just of the financials of these companies, not just of where their place is, not just of a growth thesis for them over time for a long duration buy and hold thing, but also of their leadership. So you don't get surprised when the visionary CEO and 70% of the employees quit over a weekend. Uh, you'll be the one saying, oh, you know what? We saw that coming. For Simon Erickson, I'm JT Street. Thank you so much for listening. We are the 7 Investing Podcast, and we empower you to invest in your future.